We are live, Adam. All right. We're on this Sunday evening. We're trying out a Sunday evening, see how that works for people. So we'll look forward to your feedback. We see a lot of people are with us already. I know already Kimberly said she's about to do drugs during our live. So um glad that she's at least with us for that. <laughs> um, Jewel Gazer has started with a question. Well, let's, uh, we've got that start so we can come back today. A lot of good good people are here. Missy, of course, uh, here. Cammy Day. Anna is our moderator today. Thank you, Anna. Um, I don't see Dean there with you, helping you still, but he was there with you earlier. I know. Um, and Adam, this is football day for you. I know you've been uh, engaged in that. Well, I, I yes, I do like playoff football. I like playoff baseball, and I like playoff basketball. Um and, you know, it's a big game tonight. A lot of you probably don't care about football, which is great. Um, well, if they cared about football, they'd be watching that instead of... <laughs> well, who knows? There may be people that would usually watch this, but maybe they're watching the game. But uh, in an hour, I'll be able to watch the second half. And the second half really only counts anyway, so it's not a big deal. Okay. So Gail and Carrie Gardner have logged in. I don't know if both are here, but both names are here. Um, Linda Lou's on, of course. Lindsay's Lindsay's on. That's good. Lindsay's leaving us um, pretty soon, so things will fall apart. I think we we were we did have a lot that was we were planning on doing like starting Patreon, et cetera. But now Lindsay's leaving. So, well, when you say leaving, um, it's not like she's leaving us for good. She's going to be on vacation. So going on vacation, but that's oh, everything that we do may be delayed. <laughs> I'll set us back probably, what do you think, a year, maybe two? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, but we'll do the best that we can. We got so much stuff that we're still doing. Um, you know, we obviously we have our Facebook group that everybody is welcome to join. It's uh, Tylee and JJ's Silver Lining Podcast Community on Facebook. Just search that. You can become part of that. We have our merch store. If you bought, I bought a, a sweatshirt, a t shirt, and a sticker. All I received all of it except for my. My T-shirt was a little small for a men's large. Um, And uh, so, yeah, we have that. Um, And then, of course, Rex and I um, on YouTube have been, uh, you know, watching and reading all your comments. And this week, there were some comments that we were just like scratching our heads on. But, you know, most of them were fantastic comments, and we like that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Terry is with us, and uh, she said her drug of choice is watching and listening to these two gentlemen talk. Oh. We're going to take that as a compliment. I'm not sure how she meant it, but we're taking it as a compliment. I have to take drugs to listen to you two? Yeah, that's kind of uh, what she might have. That's what you got out of it? Yeah. Could have been saying that. Well, let's let's, uh, start off with um, our excitement about this coming week's podcast, regular podcast, we recorded it already. It'll be posted on Tuesday, but it's Tom Evans. Adam, do you want to translate who that is? Tom? Sure. Uh, Tom Evans was juror number 18 in uh, Lori's trial, and he uh, has written a book. And we talked to him about what it was like to be a juror, all the different ins and outs behind the scenes. Um, what he saw in court that we didn't see, um, and then what happened to him while he was as a juror. And, you know, at one point they may have been followed by somebody. They weren't allowed to talk to anybody. Um, there's a lot of ins and outs, I guess, being a juror on this case. And, you know, for me, the only thing that I watched at all was the last day where Lori actually spoke. So I didn't. I missed everything. Everything that Re- and Rex was in this in the uh, courtroom for, for two or three days. So he got to see and, and experience way more than I did. And obviously, Tom saw everything and got to really focus in because as a juror, you have to really concentrate. Uh, you know, and you know, look at evidence figure things out and all that stuff. So we got a really good interview with him in in depth with him. And if you're in Hidden True Crime Jim, this is the same juror that was uh, about a month ago interviewed on Hidden True Crime. I I took the time to listen to that and 
of course, Lauren and Tom, uh, Lauren and John do an excellent job with it. I recommend that interview. We tried to, uh, well, it wasn't too hard. There's so much to talk about. We didn't, we didn't duplicate everything that you heard on that. So I think it'd be worth a listen on here too. Name of his book. Now, his book's not going to come out till after Chad's trial, apparently. He made some agreement with that. Yeah. But, uh, the proceeds for his book are going to a nonprofit organization like ours is going to a nonprofit organization. The one his is going to is called Hope House. And he was impressed with that because they do a lot of things for kids. And so he was excited about that. Nice. Name of the book, Money, Power, and Sex. Uh, perspective on the, I can't remember the subtitle, but it's a perspective on the trial from juror number 18. So we recommend that to you, and we'll we'll mention that again a little bit later. So if you have any questions on this live, this is a chance to jump on, ask questions. Um, I was supposed to buy a, uh, a sub from Subway today, a pickleball sub. Uh, that did not happen. A, I don't eat Subway anymore because of Jersey Mike's and Jimmy John's. I prefer those sandwiches way better than... So if I bought this pickleball sub, I would just sit here, show it to you, and then throw it away. So that's one of the reasons I did not get it. If somebody did get the pickleball sub, take a picture, post it on our Facebook, and let's get a look at this thing. (laughs) If you eat Subway... Unless Subway becomes a sponsor for us for some reason, then I might try one. All right. I'm I'm looking at the comments here while listening to your sub preferences. And okay. I just had to shout out back to uh, Marriott on the Olympic uh, Peninsula of Washington State because I lived in that area a couple of times and uh, loved that area of the country. Um Someone from Fountain Hills, not too not too far away from you. I'm waiting for the Audible. What's the update on the Audible of the book? Well, apparently, I have a lot of extra work to do, and Rex gets off scot-free, which is not fair. So, yeah. Um, the thing is, I got to find a studio here in Phoenix to do it or fly this weekend to St. George and record at the studio with Sean again. Uh, but the audiobook is going to be out as soon as soon as we get all that done, then they have to go and re-edit. It takes like three weeks for it to go through again. So I'm thinking maybe the end of February is when I, I feel comfortable saying that it should be out by then. Um, so let's let's keep our fingers crossed that the audible book will come out uh, by the end of February. You know, speaking of uh, murder trials, our own Missy Olden was a juror on a on a murder case. Oh. So maybe we can pick Missy's brain after after we talk to Tom Evans. Well sure. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Let's start into some of our questions. We have some other things Adam and I want to talk about, but of course the main reason um main reason we're here is to answer your questions. So let's start out with Lindsay and Adam mentioned he had never been a juror. Yes, I'd been a juror. It was not a murder case. It was a robbery case, and it was as ridiculous as Lori and Chad's because I don't know why this person went to trial. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. I'll tell you why, because it's a quick one-minute story, and I wish Lori and Chad wouldn't go to trial. Yes, we all hope more information comes out because of the trial, so I'm all for the trial because of that. I want more to come out. There's still a lot of questions, but if they would just plead guilty and spare us all of that, I'd be willing to forego um, having my curiosity back. Because at this point, it's just curiosity. Yeah, we all we already know they're completely guilty of everything. We all we all know that. So these are just details that yeah we probably didn't know, and maybe sometimes it might be better not to know some things. Uh, just so your brain doesn't think about certain things uh, if, because they are guilty of everything that they're being accused of. So Adam is not the legal system. <laughs> of course, the legal system holds yeah. them innocent until proven guilty. Right. And, but in our minds, we're, we're confident as Adam, Adam just, uh, yes. just mentioned. On the case I was on, um, a kid was charged because a pickup truck 
back through the plate glass window of a motorcycle store. They loaded a couple motorcycles. This was up on the Washington Peninsula, um, in Riverton, Washington, or the, I should say the um, Olympic Peninsula. In Riverton, Washington, it was raining that night. Threw a couple motorcycles in the truck, took off. Police caught up to him. Guy ran from the truck. Police caught him. He's on trial. His story was, and I only bring this up because it's as ridiculous as Lori and Cher, <laughs> even though they didn't tell a story, really. His right. story was, I was just out hitchhiking, and this pickup truck <laughs> in the rain with the police behind him pulled over, gave me a ride, I got in the truck with him, and then we stopped the truck, and I ran. I, but yeah. I wasn't there to steal the motorcycles. That was a, that was his story. Yeah. He's an innocent innocent hitchhiker. Innocent until proven guilty. He was right. guilty, and I saw him on the ferry uh, just a couple months after that with his gang. So this was gang related. I was hoping he did. Wow! Did he recognize you? No, I hope not. Well, oh my god, that's a scary thing too. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I thought about that when I saw him. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So let's see some other questions here. Um, you know, I didn't get this one answered because recently I have heard the question is, we need to remember, Adam, that a lot of people are just listening and not watching so they can't read the question. Right. I've always wondered if Chad and Laurie can communicate with each other in prison. I hope not. I heard recently that they've been able to. Do you, do you know, Adam? If not, maybe one of our one of our optimists knows, and we'll give it to us in the comments. Well, obviously, they can just go to their portals inside their jail cells. They, they both can. probably have a portal, the portal right by the toilet. I'm sure they can just like talk and communicate through the portal. Um, yeah, I have no idea how they would communicate or why they would or how the if the police don't want them to or or. Do they have what are the rights why you're in prison who you can and can't talk to or if you do is everything recorded and like i don't know any of the rules that unfortunately I, I have no idea okay um stephanie asks she says i'm i'm sure you guys have talked about this what do you think chad's defense will be i can't imagine what it will well I think it'll be like Lori's. Lori's defense team, when they came and interviewed us, um, I taught, I got to talk to them a few times. They said um, that it was a pre-gone pre conclusion that she is guilty. At the time, they were just trying to get the death penalty taken off the table, which subsequently happened. And so... Um, they didn't. They didn't have a defense. If you remember, for Lori's, the defense uh, got up when it was their turn. They said, "We don't think the pro prosecution has proven their case, so we're going to rest." Yeah, that was just their way of not being saying the obvious of we got nothing. <laughs> we're not even. Well, go. not just that. I also think that Lori uh, told them, "Look." Don't don't say anything. I, I that's what I really believe. I believe Lori told them, look, because in my mind I feel like she feels like God's going to get her out of this or whatever. Like guys, just don't say anything. I, I mean, that's that's what I feel like she did, and I could be completely wrong, but that's that's the feeling that I get. She told her lawyers, don't don't say anything. Yeah, I don't. Um, I because she didn't give them anything. Yeah. I have a different view of that. Well, what she tried to give them, they, um, I don't know if begged is the right word, but they begged her not Oh, that's a story. Yeah, she was going to say a story. She was going to come up with some crazy story. That's yeah, right. and you yeah. are part of it in when she talked at the sentencing. Right. Part of what she wanted to do. So they uh, talked her out of that. Yeah. But Chad's lawyer is a lot more um, aggressive. So I think they will... He will at least um, throw, as he has so far, he'll throw something in every chance he gets, and you know to play his to play his role. I think he's very intent on playing his role. But think about this: Chad's lawyer is mad because Chad ran out of money, and he wanted off the case when Chad ran out of money. So, is he really going to give him a hundred percent of his 
what uh, his ability as a lawyer, or do you think he's going to just be like whatever? Yeah, we don't know because the judge is now forcing him to stay on the case. Yeah, we don't know if that's actual or if that was just a ploy. So yeah, yeah, we just don't know behind the scenes. So his defense, um, I I think, will be centered around getting getting him out of the death penalty. Yeah, I do too. I think that's the whole focus. But my question is, so for Chad's trial, is this for the kids and Tammy or just Tammy or just the kids? I believe he's facing all three charges like Lori did. Okay. And Anna, our moderator, thank you for being there. I think I just unstarred the last comment that I can put up on the screen. If you can, if you can find that and bring it back the one before and putting up um, from Missy here. Oh, there it is. Okay, Missy talking about her um, her her uh, murder trial when she was on the jury. And so she got some police escorts. So I think he'll, yeah, that'll, that's not nearly, that's a lot more scary than Tom Evans' story, I think. So, yeah. So Missy had a little uh, little action there in her her murder trial. By the way, is, is Sunday a good day to do a live? We've never tried it on Sunday. Rex and I were talking about, should we do it on Friday? Because on one time we did a live on Friday and we thought it was Friday night that no one would be on there. And all of a sudden everybody has their date night with us on Friday night. We thought, oh, okay, well, that really worked. Saturday, I think we've had some some things, but we've never done a live on Sunday. Let us know in the comments too. Is Sunday a good day for everybody to uh, come on here for an hour and ask questions and chit chat about life for the live? Here's here's a purely speculative speculative question, but we don't mind those. We we go with wild speculations from time to time. Uh, it says, do you think that Lori would have killed Chad? And I think they're. I think they mean eventually, when everything, you know, wasn't going well. Had they not got caught, got arrested, just because we're talking about serial killers, and you know, anything can tick off a serial killer at any time. You don't know if that's the general um, direction of the question. I'd say maybe eventually, but I don't know that there's anything in the situation leading up to where they are that would cause her any, give her any motive to kill Chad. I think they were well connected together in their evil actions. Well, I have a little take, different take on that too. I think that Lori looked at, looked at Chad as he was like a God, like he was the highest archie of you could, whatever it is in, in his brain, Lori looked up to him that he goes to the other side. He has the ability to do all that. So in my mind, I think that Lori looked up to him as like, whatever he says I'm doing. So I don't think Lori would, would kill Chad at all. I think that she put him on a pedestal and I think she still does put him on a pedestal. Yep. Very good. Um, next one, let's see. Oh, question for me. That's nice you to show some interest in my lurid past. Um, oh no, I just, uh, yeah, now we're back to this again. <laughs> here we go. I got it. I didn't delete got it. it now. I like it. Rex, did you have or any, ever have any emergency mishaps when flying? Yeah. You know, I flew for eight years for the air force and I was flying a plane that was as old as I am. And so well, not as old as I am now, as old as I was in back then. When I was going to say, that's an old plane. Not advanced technology and not the greatest. So, yeah, we had some times we had to declare emergencies and do things. Nothing, there are no fires, nothing I had to, uh, to eject from the airplane from. But um, I'll tell you what, we were there in California, a base just to the north of us, Beale Air Force Base, had the SR-71s. And we love to go out there and practice patterns because it is just a unique thrill to watch the SR-71. For those of you that don't know, it's a spy plane. It was designed in the 1950s, but way advanced technology. It was designed to go faster than Mach 3, faster than any missiles at the time. Wow. A lot over flying Russia. 
and they flew out of Beulah there, and watching them fly is just, I mean, I've been to a lot of air shows. I've flown in air shows, but when I went up there and watched the SR-71 in an air show, that was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen until Lisa walked into the room one day. And <laughs> Wait, let me ask you, let's go back, because I have a question for you too. So when you were training in the Air Force as a pilot, did you ever have to learn how to eject out of a plane like you've never done the ejection and then the the parachute drop yeah you you learn how to eject and you eject yourself up a rail they have an apparatus so you can have the experience without without actually doing it without actually doing it gotcha. and they take you out over the water and cut you loose in a parachute and you land in the water and that kind of kicks off your uh, water survival training Oh, gotcha. So you have similar experiences. I'm not going to say talking with people who have actually ejected from airplanes. I'm not going to say I've done the done the same thing, but they do. Of course, they train you in that because it's not just an easy easy sequence to endure. But uh, we were flying up a Beal once, and my airplane lost its hydraulic pressure, which means hydraulic fluid was somewhere, or the gauge was bad. Hydraulic fluid can be flammable you don't like flames when you're flying an airplane so we did an emergency landing there field they did not like us shutting down their runway so we were actually arguing while we we're coming into land we have an emergency they said be sure to attach out the runway we said no our procedures say we have to stop and jump and get out and they said we don't want you you know i'm in this little t-37 it's a multi-thousand dollar airplane <laughs> not a multi-million dollar airplane like the ones that are flying around out there, they didn't. They weren't too impressed with our little emergency. But uh, so hold on, no, no. Let me hold on. I still have more questions since there's no questions up here. So if you are on team questions, well, hold on. Okay, we'll get to them. I promise. But I always have this question. So if you're on a plane and say the pilot and the co-pilot both eat the the chicken and the chicken's bad and they both you know pass out. I this, this is a serious question, though. I've seen airplane. Yeah. Okay, so you've seen airplane. Can any in the the the, the uh, flight attendant gets on there? Can anybody in here land this seven forty seven? Could you get into a cockpit of a seven forty seven and land the plane somewhere? Well, of course, confidently you could land that. Yeah. Okay. And could you remember? I'm a pilot. It's not a matter of my ability that I'm answering from. It's my ego. Any pilot, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, I can. Can you be like Sully? Could you land in the water like Sully? Yeah, uh, if you're talking commercial airplanes, most of them have auto land. Oh, so just push a button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I could handle that. But uh, uh, sorry, I would. I, I, I digress. Be a passenger on my airplanes. <laughs> I digress. Okay, so back to back to uh, talking about the our questions here. Interesting timing on this, Jewel Gazer, because people frequently ask this, but I have a little new but not conclusive information on this. Question is, do any family members or friends visit Lorian Prison? I was talking to one of my daughters this last week, and she said, apparently Lori, and I can't remember if she said doesn't or can't have visitors in prison. So my daughter was in the process of filling out the paperwork that she had received from someone in the family that that knows, so she she could re request to go visit Lori. So, all that said to say, I don't know, but I think it's possible. And if it is, there are some family members that might might go visit her while she's there in Arizona. Everything we set up till now is no, no one wants to visit her. But uh, of course, Janice was visiting her at one point quite regularly. I don't know of any other family members' plans right now. So if we find out something we can share about that, we definitely will. Anything else on that one, Adam? Um no. I um yeah, that's gonna be a good question to see what happens with how that's gonna play out since Lori's here in uh, Arizona. Another wild speculation, questions I wouldn't, wouldn't think of, Missy, Missy asked, do you think Chad will file for divorce or Lori? I don't have any clue why they're married, so <laughs> I really don't have any insight into you know, why they would divorce. Or uh, I agree with what Adam said earlier that you know Lori has him on a pedestal. I don't think she's 
she's interested in anything. I have no idea. He may that Chad. Chad may want to divorce Lori. I mean, they want to, and yeah. I don't know if there's a strategy in that, legally speaking. So, sorry, we don't have anything. I don't have anything on that. Adam, mm-hmm. anything else? Nope. Okay. Um, Kathy, I wish. Here we go. Kathy Reeves asks, "Do either of you believe Chad will take a plea last minute to facilitate John Pryor not getting paid since he's broke?" I feel like they're playing games. Adam, why don't you take this first? Um, yeah, I think there are, they are playing games. Um, and I, from what I understand, um, Chad gave John Pryor everything, his house, cars, uh, but no, who knows how much it's cost to, to do this or what, what kind of defense he's going to get. And, um, I, obviously that may have been a, a, a thing to play a game or to, to get Chad off the the you know death penalty but I, I i don't really know yeah unfortunately these next few questions we don't we don't have insight to we're just speculating along with with y'all um i i would love if he took a plea deal that has nothing to do with money but um you know i'd i'd be fine if people didn't have to go through the the trial again and uh, yeah, we all feel like they're playing games because that's what the legal system allows, and so that's what lawyers what lawyers do. Now, Lindsay's trying to help us out here with a question we had earlier. She said, "I think the state said that they can't communicate until after Chad's trial. If that's true, I would be a little more comfortable with that so they weren't, you know, comparing their stories, even though they're being recorded in prison." They could still, you know, compare stories or somehow have code words because, you know, with 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 Chad's fiction writing, I'm sure and all the if you read some of the texts that Chad wrote to Lori, there is some weird things in there anyways, the way that they communicated. So I'm sure that if they were to communicate, um, they might be able to get something across that people don't understand or know what they're talking about. Only those two know because maybe they're talking in some other kind of language that they made up. You're uh, giving them, I think you're giving them way too much credit. These are right people. Yeah, these these are people that killed other people and buried them in their own yard. These are not mastermind criminals we're talking about. So yeah, um, let's see. No, oh, here we go. Uh, another one that I don't know the technical reasons for this. The question is, why is Lori referred to as Lori Vallow when she is married to Chad Daybell? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I don't know the answer to that. I I would assume that once you get married, you take the other person's name. So it should be Lori Daybell. Um, so, but I think because. Was Lori married? Lori wasn't married yet when Charles was, when they killed Charles. So she was Lori Vallow at that point. And so I think because this case keeps going, was going further, um, when the case against Charles or that during that time, she was Lori uh, Vallow. So it's weird because there's two different things going on here, murders and things. So I I think I, Rex and I just to be safe in the book I think we said Vallow Daybell Lori Vallow Daybell yeah I think we said different things at different times we don't know there are some legal gymnastics they jump to during the early in the trial or in the preliminary hearings but I didn't keep track of the reasoning it may have gone right along with what what Adam just said yeah um, now here's the question about how we would feel Adam. Okay. The question from Love Always is, why is Lori referred... Oh, I'm sorry. Just had that one. <laughs> Let's do it again. Okay. Lucy the Bengal, how would you feel if you found out Lori physically participated in the murders? Um, I mean, It would surprise me. In my mind, I feel like, you know, she wasn't there, but... It, it would surprise me, but then again, it wouldn't surprise me because nothing in this case um, 
is off limits for what could what did happen, what could have happened. So I'm I have an open mind to that. How would I feel? Um, I don't know. I don't think I would feel any different because once you go through that whole state of mind of look, we're we're doing this, we're all in. Whether Lori's somewhere else and Chad and Alex are together and they're doing the killing, or if it's a whole big cult thing and there's 30 people that all participate in the killing, whatever it is, it's, I mean, it, it's not going to, Rex and I both said, there's nothing that will completely surprise us, but in my mind, I don't think Lori was there, but I could, again, I, with all this, I could be completely wrong and she could have been there. Yeah, I'm disgusted enough just by the fact that whoever um, conspired allowed this to happen knows about it, didn't do anything about it. So to me, they all have the same level of guilt. Of vice, you know, no matter who did what, um, to me, it's the, it's the same. So kind of related to that, Liv always asks, Alex missed Brandon and Tammy and said to Zalima that Chad and Lori were setting him up to be the fall guy do you think that Alex really killed Charles? Yes, I think he did. Yeah. But I I like your line of thinking that um, he may have had a conscience during this or listens to his conscience at some, you know, at some point and missed because of that, or he may just have been a bad shot in those cases. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I think that he... Brandon told me when he called me in panic after it happened, he said the bullet missed his head by like this much because it barely missed him. So, so that um, wasn't an intentional miss. No, no. I think that that was supposed to happen. I think Tammy's was supposed to happen, but I think when you're in somebody's neighborhood and you're trying to shoot at somebody, I'm sure there's all kinds of things that are going on or that. I don't know. It's, it's hard to speculate all that, but um, yeah, I, I I definitely Alex killed Charles. I don't think Lori did it. Um, Catherine, we've addressed that that question. She's asking about Alex and Lori's um, you know relationship. Was there anything sexual? We'll actually address it again with uh, Tom Evans in the. A podcast is coming out on Tuesday, so if you would um, uh, listen in on that or listen to the prior one. Celine Thomas, do you think chat? I don't recognize that uh, we've had you um, had any of your questions on before, Celine. But uh, whether we, yeah, have, we have or not, welcome. Do you think Chad was going toward plural marriage and would have given up Lori, given up on Lori eventually? Um, I think I personally, I'll go first, Adam. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think Chad was thrilled to get whatever he could, and he was thrilled to be with Lori. Um, would he eventually have gone to plural marriages? A lot of his predecessors, meaning warped people, that have done warp thing in the name of religion, especially if they were part of the uh, Mormon church before, and they're reading the book that whose name, which name we always forget, Adam. Um, uh, glory. Visions of glory. Visions of glory. It wouldn't have surprised me if he would have, would have gone for that, but I don't think, I don't think plural marriage was his goal necessarily. I think they were just making up crap as they went, just trying to get as much money, sex, and power as they could as they went. But it's weird, too, because I did hear some things that I can't remember if somebody testified about that or not, that uh, Chad, uh, I think it was like, uh, who's the one? Julie Rowe. Like, Chad had sex with Julie Rowe. And so he he primed her like he primed Lori. And then I think, was Melanie Gibb... uh, approached by chad as well with the same kind of hey we were married in another thing and we knew so i think he had a line i think chad was doing this to several women a lot of women said that they turned off on that and was went the other way but unfortunately a few people you know and especially Lori, jumped all over it 
Uh, and so I don't know what his approach was or what he was doing or, or what the other women would be like, oh yeah, this is all part of the thing. And we're all, we're all in this together. And I think that was Chad's big thing that he was doing and using, using a line, uh, to get sex, to be honest. Yeah, that came out in an interview with Nancy Grace with Julie Rowe, and she admitted to it, and then she threw Melanie Gibb um, under the bus, saying Melanie Gibb fell for it too, and other women right. fell for it. Um, there are too many. I, only one I know of on record that have said, yeah, he tried that with me, and I didn't. Okay, so there was there was at least one that said he, he tried to do the same thing, and I didn't go for it. Yeah, that was that was his line. I don't think he's, again, I don't think he's going for polygamy. I think it's just trying to get whatever sex he could. If you see him or ever hear him, you'll probably, probably like, okay, what a good line. Where'd he yeah. go? Well, it worked once. and oh, More than once, apparently. More than once, but he went with it after it worked. Yeah. And so I have to show this from my friend, Jean Marie. She go to the air show at Hill Air Force Base this summer. It's always fun. I had been in an air show. I haven't flown in an air show there, but I've been to an air show there. And you're right. It's a it's a great air show because, of course, the F-16s are there. And so they have to show off. So they any time you're in an air show and, and uh, you're kind of on your home turf, you're doing a little bit extra showing off. So that always makes it enjoyable. But thank you. Thank you for that. Um, okay. Another, we're wildly speculating here. So let me. You got the air show back on. Let's talk more yeah. about the air show. No, I want to go back. Like the air show. Would Lori have been okay with multiple wives for Chad? Let's wildly speculate because we don't know. But uh, what do you think, Adam? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. I think that Lori put Chad up on this this pedestal where he was next to Jesus or whatever whatever that you know ladder of command is for for Chad. Um, and so whatever Chad said, Lori was buying it. And so Chad said, Hey, this is the way it is. I'm going to have you, but I'm supposed to have other women too. Lori would be like, okay, if that's the way it is, but that's how I think. But then, um, I know, you know, women get jealous and there's all kinds of things. So I don't know how long that would last or if she would be like, Oh, this isn't working or if she, would she be all in? Uh, you know, I, I think she would probably go for it at first if that was a, a thing. I don't know that to be fact, but I'm just saying it sounds like what was going on at that time. Celine, I'm not sure about this question, so if you would give us a little bit more on it before we try to answer it. The way it is up there, why do we believe? No. Who do you believe will have to say the most about Chad on the stand um, I think you're saying who's going to give the biggest bombshell, but I'm not sure. So if you would give us a little more on that one. And uh, we'll go to your next question, um, which is, do you believe Chad was going towards plural marriage? Oh, we just answered that a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, but hold on. Let me ask this question. On, yeah. In Chad's trial, which is coming up here in a few months, are the same witnesses uh, that, that were at Lori's, like, will Melanie Gibb, will Julie Rowe, will other people uh, in Avow, or I mean, does any of that, are any of them, are, are Tammy's family members going to come on? Um, are there police, police people that went through the text messages and went through his computer and saw the dark spirit stuff? I mean, are we going to have a, a, just a ton of people like they did in Lori's? Yeah. We don't know. There is a mountain of evidence, and apparently, from people who know, there's a lot more physical evidence with Chad than they had with Lori. With Lori, it was basically, except for the one hair, it was all circumstantial evidence. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that, and apparently, from people that know, there is a mountain of physical evidence waiting for for Chad. So who knows how much of it they'll bring out and and what it will be. But I think, again, I think there's going to be, there will be a lot more questions answered if we get to see a, a yeah. right. So Adam, I don't know if you saw it, but this one comes from um, Hidden Hidden True Crimes piece on Munchausen by proxy. 
Any thoughts about Lori putting Xanax in Charles' smoothies? Um, I think that one's a matter of record. I don't think that's that's news. I mean, that's I don't think that that's new news. And it wouldn't surprise me. Nothing, as Adam and I have said before, nothing that Lori has done would surprise me if it's factual. And and if it is, yeah, I I yeah I wouldn't put that past her or anything else. Did grief the woman murdered her children? How can you put anything past her? Right. You know, at that point in their lives. Anything else, Adam, on that? I don't know anything uh, about it. Um, if it happened, it happened. It, you know, like Rick said, it wouldn't surprise me if that if that was something that she did. Yeah, we'll address this. We've addressed it before. Was Lori on drugs? Uh, you know, I don't think Lori did drugs. I mean, when she was younger, I think she did do drugs, uh, experimental drugs out of high school with, you know, her first husband who was into drugs. Uh, but after that, I know, she, you know, going through and being spiritual and going to church and all the things that, you know, she did. Uh, but the, I did hear some theories from other people that there's some kind of a drug where you can spray it in the air. And then when you uh, inhale it, you don't really realize that it it does something to your brain or whatever. But and some people speculate that Chad would spray that around Lori. So. But the, everything is speculation. I don't think Lori took drugs or did drugs. Here's a thought-provoking one, Adam, from Griffin2263. Do you think Lori could have killed Charles and Alex was covering for Lori and took the blame? I don't, I don't know I don't think that happened, but again, that wouldn't surprise me. And I think that's in the realm of possibility. Well, I'm sure that the police department would figure that one out. Well, if had they taken GSR, had they done GSR testing, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. The, unfortunately for this case, the I don't know if it was the Chandler Police Department. I hear people say it's the Chandler or it's the Gilbert um that they pretty much botched up that whole thing and so it's unfortunate that they did botch it up because you know there's some things that you know could have been solved earlier yeah we talk about that in the book i think i went on a rant on that in the book <laughs> sorry for doing that and darlene said i thought in death penalty cases you have to have a death penalty lawyer um, I thought that too, Darlene, but I think I heard in that in this last hearing they had with uh, John Pryor that you have you can have you have the right to a death penalty lawyer, but you don't have to have one. So so when Chad said he wanted John Pryor, even though he's not a death penalty qualified lawyer for the state of Idaho, that was okay because he chose a private attorney. Okay, that was my understanding then. Adam, do you know anything else about that? No, I don't. Okay. Okay, this must be a um, this one must be a personal one. Adam, behind the scenes from Victoria. What does it say? It says, Adam, if you see your buddy, tell him we miss him very much. My buddy. I don't know which of your buddies you have several, so <laughs> okay. I don't I don't know which one they're missing. I have no idea either. Tell all your friends. All my friends. We them. All right. Uh, we don't know anything about Chad's children, what they're thinking, what they you know, what they're doing. So um we can't really give you anything on that. Um okay, Adam, here's a personal one for you. There'll be I'll like to hear this answer. Christina Jones. Adam, do you plan on ever getting back into broadcasting for a living? You certainly have a radio announcer voice. You know, it's funny. I was uh, I was playing pickleball uh, the other day and with four people that I've never, three people that I've never played with before. And I was telling them, yeah, I've, you know how I got into pickleball. I used to be on the radio. I had a 30-year radio career. And then I went into, uh, you know, being a pickleball pro and all that stuff. And then as soon as I said that, the guy goes, oh, yeah, you sound like you you have a radio voice. And I was like, what does that even mean, a radio voice? So 
Um, I loved radio. I mean, radio was my whole life for 30 years. I, I just thought it was part of me. I love to entertain. I love to do shows. I love to interview people. But the experiences, if, if you read my book that came out, I don't know how long ago did my book come out, five years ago or something? I, I talk about my whole radio career in my first book. And what I do, um, I said, you know, there's so many great things that happen in radio, but then there's radio is like a dying breed. It's like TV. It's like Blockbuster. It's like the newspaper. Everything is just plummeting, you know, that used to be super popular. Um, and so, and the way I was treated uh, in radio more than one time, um, as Rex will attest to, as he's been around my whole radio career, I've had some really, really high moments in radio where I was just like on cloud nine, but then I've had some really bad things that happen on radio and unfair things. So um, when I was done with radio in St. George, I felt like this is it. I don't need radio anymore. So I found something new. I like doing the podcast with Rex um, and I love, you know, teaching pickleball and coming up pretty soon. I'm going to adventure venture out into a um, coaching people that want to achieve their goals, and I'm going to do a whole thing with that. So, as far as radio goes, uh, I don't miss it. And I told somebody the other day, I was like, if somebody called me and said, "Hey, we're going to pay you a million dollars, go to New York and, and be the morning show in a New York station," I would decline it. To be honest with you, so I think I've had my share of radio. A million, Adam. I think you. Well, no, not telling you. No, I, I promise you, I'm done with radio. I, I got radio out of my system. Well, I'm not showing Christina's question for me about radio. Said in Rex, you have a face for radio. Have you ever been cussed up? And uh, for a million, I, I would take a putt. <laughs> so let me uh, let, let's uh, well let's do let's do one more because. You've answered this, and we can give you a quick answer on this, Starling. Adam, the question is, do you think Alex was murdered? Yes. Yes. Or I have two things. I think he was either murdered or he really got down on himself after he found out he was duped by Lori and Chad, and he and he killed himself. So one of those two things I think happened. I don't think he died of natural causes at all. And so this this goes along with it from Love Always. From all I learned about Alex, I don't see him being able to kill the kids or Charles. And that's, of course, thinking of him kindly. Um, and I can't see that either before his conversion. Adam, do you want to say more about that? When you say his conversion, what do you mean? His Mike Stroud converting to Lori and oh, Chad. Yeah. Yeah, once once Alex bought into Lori and Chad's Kool-Aid and went down that route, you know, he wanted to be a part of something. We talked about this in a whole podcast uh, about Alex, his whole life and everything, but I feel like he wanted to be part of something and he really jumped in with two feet and he thought he was doing something that was um, for a higher purpose. That's the only logical thing in my mind that I feel like he could do this. Um, so yeah, murder. I, I don't just, he just didn't, I don't know. It's hard to say because I'm so upset and so mad at that. He did that. He was part of this. Um, so, you know, I don't even, <laughs> yeah, I could, I, I appreciate what you're saying and I couldn't see it before this, but given that conversion, knowing Alex, what he got into, the fact that he bought in, why he bought in, I could see him doing Chad and Lori's bidding, including that. And it's tragic and maddening, as Adam said. It's it's just hard to, as people can attest to, can't they, Anna? It's no, hard yeah. to imagine someone you know and love killing someone, especially if that someone is someone you know and love. So, you know, it's just frustrating. Let's pause there for a second, Adam. We have 17 more questions. Oh. Uh, earmarked here by uh, Ann, our moderator. Okay. But, um, we want to say we appreciate your your input in the last couple of weeks because we asked you, hey, please let us know, especially those of you who haven't commented before, 
And there have been 20 or 30 of you that have, and we really appreciate that. Thank you so much, because for some of you, that means a lot of extra effort because you don't get on YouTube or you don't know how to comment on whichever uh, version um, of platform you hear the podcast on. And so you, you made extra effort or you emailed whatever it was. Thank you for that. That's still about 1% of our of our listeners. And it makes us even more grateful for those that did it. And we still love the ones that didn't do it because we know that's a big effort. Or you felt like you didn't have anything to say because the people that did comment represent you. And what we found out, and this is why we wanted to do this live and why we started talking about the case again, because we did that last podcast on the case knowing it would drum up some interests and feelings in a lot of us, including me and Adam. Those aren't all good feelings, but we wanted to, to drum them up again because we want to start preparing, as a lot of you have kindly uh, reminded us, hey, when the cases start again, it's going to get dark again and it's going to get difficult. And we agree and we wanted to see what this community had now become when it's related to the case. Because remember at the very beginning, a lot of people wanting to know a lot of things, a lot of those fell off. We interpret that as we didn't have enough for the people that were there only for true crime, only for the details, because they knew more than we do, and they do. And we are grateful they have other places to get that information. Right now, we love this community. We love you, the people in this community. And we want to, we wanted to figure out why you're here. So when the trials start again and all those details come up and it's more like the other true crime podcast, we don't want to lose what we have here. And we believe we found out, and I'll give Adam a chance to talk here too, but let me finish this. No, up. you can talk to both of us. Go ahead. We think we found out that the reason you're here. And the reason we love you and you love each other and love us is because we are just similar people just telling the truth, looking for the truth, trying to figure out not only the tragedies of the of the senseless evil that Chad and Lori and Alex perpetrated, but the tragedies in your life because so many of you are sharing the tragedies you have, some of you for the first time. And just like it's been healing for me and Adam, many of you are saying it's healing for you to talk about, to hear other people talk matter-of-factly about it, for it to be okay to talk about it, to not judge each other based on our relationships or anything we've done or um, been a part of or felt we could have done more of. It's just a very loving, supportive community. We want to make sure we don't mess that up when we get back into the trials and different types of, uh, and we're talking about all those subjects. We do feel um, it reminded us we are, we, we are and want to continue being okay with people that don't agree with us. We welcome that. We, because as we have said, I think I, I counted 23 times. Actually, I didn't count, but we said we don't know that many times. We don't have all the answers. So we want to hear, we learn from discussion. But in this community, I don't think we want rude people, people that are mean or mean-spirited that just come in and start accusing. And some people pretend like they're asking questions. Like, Adam, why didn't you blah, 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 blah? And they're just attacking Adam, pretending, well, you said you can ask questions. I don't have the energy... We want to put our energy in all the loving support of each other while this is all going on. We don't want to put any energy fighting the trolls. And so Adam and I decided once again, talking with us, you want me to say this part for you, Adam? Sure. Yeah, we'll continue to block people that are just mean-spirited. And we've blocked fewer than 10 in all the time we've been on here. We've removed a couple dozen comments that we thought were mean, but we've only blocked, I think, nine people is the actual actual count. And certainly more than that have not agreed with us. And But if people ask questions that we've already addressed, and you heard it a little bit tonight, 
We don't mind that, but there are certain questions we aren't going to put more energy in because we've talked about it so much and have a couple of podcasts out on it. So we may just refer you to that if it's something we don't want to put more energy in. But certainly we'll continue answering questions that are asked from someone we think is being sincere about, hey, I don't know this. Sometimes we'll refer you to podcasts we've done. But we want to make sure we honor the purpose, the reasons for which you're here. And we think that's because you, like us, love being part of a supportive atmosphere where we can bear one another's burdens. We can share. We cannot be judged. We can be kind even when we don't disagree. Adam? So uh, to wrap all that up, I do know that there is somebody who made a comment. And, you know, there's several, I don't know how several, but there's there's some podcasts out there that uh, talk about this case. Um, and um, on some of those podcasts, um, people uh, are attacking and just mean and vicious. And that's the way that they want to go about doing their line of podcasts. Well, so our group that watches our podcast has ventured off and watched some of the other podcasts that are talking about this case and came back and said, I could only listen to one minute of it. It was so negative and so bad that I gave it one minute and I'm never going back. And I'm coming, I'm just going to watch you guys and listen to you guys uh, because of what Rex just said. And it's not just me and Rex. I mean, it's it, you guys are the ones that are participating in this podcast. Um, you know, with your comments and your emails, and being being um, open to come on and be guests with us and let us talk about your situations in life. So we're we're grateful that we have this opportunity to you know gather people around that need extra support or need a out to be able to talk about things. Cause I know at least for me going through what I went through and I was, I shut everybody down for two or three years um, to come out and write this book and start talking about, you know, things on the podcast. It just definitely get helped me um, through that process to cope with it better. And from what I'm gathering from a lot of you who optimists, it's helping you as well when you feel like you can say things that you haven't said in 40 years or you've been bottling something up. And this is the this is the platform to do that. So, and if you know anybody, a coworker, a family member, um, a neighbor, somebody that you know had something happen to them, struggling, um, turn them on to the Facebook group, uh, turn them on to the podcast and just, just say, hey, this is a podcast that you may be interested in. And they may feel like, oh, and they may watch one episode and they may be like, I want to talk about something. Maybe that that's the case. And maybe they won't. And that's fine too. But I feel like the more that we open up for people to be able to come in and, and do that, um, the, the better this is going to turn out for a lot of us. And, you know, I just feel like in a group and there's a lot of people that are, are sharing similar experiences. I get so many messages from people. It's like, my mother and my sister won't ever talk again because this happened. My brother is cut off from the family because of this. And one of the main reasons I even started wanting to talk to Rex about, you know, the write the book and do this podcast was I didn't want families to go through what I went through with my family. And so I was a way to communicate what happened to me to be able to uh, address it to other people before they went down the same road because it it is devastating. It is, and thank you, thank you, Adam, for that. And we conveniently used all of our time. Lindsay tells us we have a hard stop in two minutes, Adam. <laughs> I know we have a video. We can't run over today, but thank you once again. I'm sorry for the twenty questions we have in queue waiting for us to answer. We'll keep doing lives. We'll keep doing answering. I mean, keep answering questions. Um, every chance we get, we'll answer some of these on our regular podcast. But this podcast is recorded. It's going to be posted on Tuesday by Sean. Tom Evans, juror number 18, an author of Money, Power, and Sex, which is not out yet. But uh, when it does come out, I know you'll be interested. And in of course, we're all fascinated by it. And the proceeds go to a nonprofit called Hope House, 
um, which which does work with children. We're excited to tell you more about our nonprofit, about uh, what's going on with that. Things are things are stirring and happening. We'll be talking more about the other side village, and we'll have the the person who actually conceptualized and started the other side village on on soon. So a lot coming up. Stay with us. We do love you. Thanks so much for being a part of it. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Kim Lally, Linda, and Lindsay, of course, for all the, the help you give us all the time. Missy is joining the team with Anna to be a, a moderator also. Missy Olden, thank you for that. And we've got to sign off. Dang it. All right. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>